This is the Surviving Loving and Addict podcast. The views expressed in this podcast must not be interpreted as personalized medical advice. Those experiencing addiction and those with loved ones experiencing addiction are urged to seek medical attention and professional counseling from providers experienced in addiction therapies and treatments. I just can't stop All right, welcome back. Surviving Loving an Addict podcast. I am Karsten Millward, and we're here with the one and only... Well, David Millward, but you know what? That's not exactly true. I got online the other day, and it turns out there's a whole bunch of David Millwards out there. Son of a gun. There goes my whole introduction. I thought I was the only one, but no. All right, well, we can't start off without thanking, again, the Bomb Squad trailer music uh, studio. Ryan and Joe over here that taking good care of us. We're in their beautiful studio. They're hooking us up. They have incredible music at bombsquadtrailermusic.com. It's worth it. Lyricless music that's like dark and powerful. So cool. I love this stuff. I, I yeah. Yeah, and like you know, we mentioned last time, this is the music that you hear when you watch trailers from movies. Yeah. And and it's uh, crafted in a way that draws you in to make you want to watch that show and. And so, you know, if you're a producer out there, or this is going to be wonderful, and, and they can take care of you. If you're just, uh, if you're just like me and Karsten, who love to hear some good music every once in a while, it's a great place to go and visit. Yeah, or like while you're working, you need music that doesn't have lyrics, um, or just something that's <laughs> so cool. And it gives you a little bit of a rush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Listen to just go to the website, listen to something, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Why I'm so hyped about this, right? So, right uh, again, thank you, Brian and Joe, and thanks for having us here. Uh, let's let's get started, right? Look, um, I, I wanted to bring something up. I had a I, I got a text the other day, and um, the concern was this that there is a um, Mother, her her husband is an alcoholic. They've uh, been divorced. They're they're apart, but they have young children. And her concern was is how is she supposed to, you know, do the best for the kids? And uh, part of it is is that uh, you know the husband's unreliable, breaks their hearts. Plus, there's no boundaries in his home. Um, they do whatever they want, and. Um, and so they're they're learning some poor habits and 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 she's really afraid. She's really worried about them and and how they're going to turn out and how they're going to be. Makes sense though, right? Yeah. So the concern is the, the parents are divorced. Right. Dad's an alcoholic. Right. They have children. The children go back and forth, and they're learning the, 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 no boundaries at dad's house, and. So the concern is, what is what the role? Do? What do you do? You know, because yeah. here's one. Here's here's a huge issue, is that, you know, young kids and uh, especially teenagers, you go to dad's house, do anything you want. Why do you want to go back to mom's house? Why do you want to keep the rules any place if you can get away with everything, especially in those formative years when, you know, it's all about me and if I've got if I can do whatever I want, and it's terrifying to mom. What is she supposed to do, and how is she supposed to take care of the kids? 
how does the alcoholism uh, play into this? So, one of the problems with being an addict or an alcoholic, right, is um, it's very difficult, depending on how deep you're into this, to really maintain any kind of responsibility. And, you know, people will quite often say, you know, regardless how, if they're an alcoholic or they're an addict, that their children will be able to give them enough strength and energy to be good people, and, but that's not how it works. When you become an alcoholic or an addict, alcohol and drugs rule your life. They rule your life. Not your kids, not your job, not your wife, none of those things. You are a slave to your addiction. And when you are a slave to your addiction, one of the problems is, is that you don't have time or attention for the important things like rearing, children, rearing your kids. And so you go the easiest route there. You go the route of putting, you know, um, frozen food on the table, the, you know, having a refrigerator full of uh, frozen microwave dinners. You go the route of ignoring bedtimes and doing whatever is easy. And the problem is, is that now the kids are living in two environments. One of them is no harm, no foul, do whatever you want. And the other one is, let's hold some you know, responsibility. Let's, let's be a appropriate, healthy individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So I think we've... Kind of fleshed it out, right? Yeah. So what do you do? This is a hard one. Because now you're playing for the end game. And let me say, first of all, let's say that, that you are aware of abuse going on or neglect going on in that home, particularly, you know, if there's alcohol and drugs and, and all those things. Anybody in our society has a responsibility if they know of, of abuse, neglect, that it gets reported. Uh, absolutely. And that's so fundamental, gets reported. But let's say that it's not to the extent of abuse or neglect, but you're just worried. Now what do you do? Well, now your role is, and it's really not fun, and it's, it, you know, it doesn't give you that reassurance, but now you're playing the end game, which means... You have to be particularly careful about your behavior. Yeah, you want to be upset about how your husband or your spouse is, uh, you know, makes makes plans with the kids and lets them down, does all these things, lets them down. Your job now has become one of being a steady anchor for those kids in their life. They may drift over to the easy fun side but you have to provide a steady anchor for them so that as they grow and as they get to where they can recognize the differences, they can make choices that bring them back to you. They can realize that the chaos that they see over here isn't how they want to be. And if you have maintained a, an ability to be steady, to be kind, to be uh, trustworthy, to be loving... You know, if you do that, your end goal is is that is that they will respect, admire, and want to be with you. 
And they'll want to emulate the things that make them feel good, that make them truly feel good inside. And so if there was a magic button that we could push, if there was some magic thing you could do, it'd be wonderful, but there isn't. There isn't. It is about, like I say, playing for the end game. Maybe today I'm not going to have as much time with them as I want. Maybe today they're not going to behave as I would like them to behave or act like I want them to act. But with consistent love and that that consistent um, being there, being responsible, being attentive, it will draw them in and help you to be able to perhaps restore relationships that might get a little bit trampled over the years. I think that is very key, pointing out the being present and... Man, there are a lot of ways in this world right now to not focus on your kids. Um, uh, absolutely. And the attention that the I don't know. That's just that's how they feel love, right? Um, I want to. Um, I got you know. You got to love the, the internet because the f- I want to say post. the focus that. That when you when you focus on your kids, it's not giving them attention and spoiling them, but like when you when you give them your yourself and not everything they want. Like I don't know, attention could be could go either way, but yeah, t- internet. Well, I I, um, I came across online the other day uh, um, an article that I really liked. And um, and since it was online published and everybody has access to it, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Diane Lumens, who wrote this. But this is one of these things that um, when I read it, I thought, this is what I want to be. This is how I want to do it. Even, you know, in the situation of this friend of mine who doesn't have the kids with him all the time and is worried. But here it is. It says, if I had my child to rear again, if I had my child to raise all over again, I'd build self-esteem first and the house later. I'd finger paint more and point the finger less. I would do less correcting and more connecting. I'd take my eyes off my watch and watch with my eyes. I would care to know less and know to care more. I'd take more hikes and fly more kites. I'd stop playing serious and seriously play. I would run through more fields and gaze at more stars. I'd do more hugging and less tugging. I'd see the oak tree and the acorn more often. I would be firm less often and affirm more often. I'd model less about the power, the love of power and more about the power of love. And in the opportunities, in the times when you have those kids, when it's your turn to have them for the weekend or for the week or whatever the division is, what a wonderful example or what a wonderful thing, less tugging and more hugging. Less, you know, build that, build esteem first and the house second. What, what did you say the name of? So this is a, attributed. Is it a poem? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a poem and it's attributed to I hope I get her name right, Diane Lomans. And the name of it is, If I Had My Child to Raise Over Again. Beautiful. Shouts out to her. 
grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk about something that's really serious and tender. And uh, this is Dave Millward. From Cars to Millward, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you again soon.